following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome to another episode here at the KickPod Podcast. The KickPod Podcast, the inspirational um, dojo of inspirational um, martial arts talk. Uh, yeah, sorry about everybody. I'm just waking up. So, uh, yeah, just trying to get myself woken up. But I'm here. I'm ready to do this podcast. Um, of course, this is my, my yet episode 102. And I am your host, TJ Williams, giving you the insider of my martial arts journey, discussing and analyzing martial arts-based subjects, and highlighting martial artists all around the world, past, present, and future. All right, so before we get this um, episode kicked off, um, of course, for those who are just joining, uh, this is a pre-recorded episode, so what I talk about now will either done pass or is coming up, but yet um, I am still in Las Vegas, I'm attending the UFAF ITC. Yeah, this today is the last day. And of course, I had a, a, a credible week yeah, doing seminars and of course, uh, competing. And of last night, I went to the Gallup. Uh, we have an awards ceremony. So of course, um, I was um, nominated for uh, Most Inspirational, and yet I didn't win the award. But yeah, you know, it's good to be actually no- noticed that I'm inspirational. But yet, yeah, we are all there being inspirational. I mean, everybody wins. So, I mean, whether if we don't get an award or not, we win because we're there. We made it. I mean, after everything that's happened with the pandemic and, of course, um, a lot of other issues. But nevertheless, it's all it's all it's all good. Mm-hmm. But uh, but, so. OK, so I got a guest with me today I'm coming from. Um, Wisconsin, of course, but I guess today he's um, in Washington, D.C. Um, that's mm-hmm. our nation's capital. Uh, but of course, he has a lot of things under his hat. I mean, of course, he has a lot of hats. Uh, <laughs> and he's, um, let's just say he's been doing martial arts since 1969. And of course, mm-hmm. he's done various styles of martial arts, but the, his root style is Gushindu, um I can't even say him. Goshindo um, Karate. Of course, he had his career as a psychotherapist and addiction counsel counselor, and he does have a book out, um, the Black Belt um, Healing, a black belt, or should I say, a martial arts um, guide to pain management and injury recovery. And um, of course, I want to give it off to him. So I want everybody to uh, say hello to David um, Nelson, or should I call um, Shinsen um, David uh, Nelson. How are we doing today? Oh, doing absolutely wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. I'm surprised you're still with us after having a long night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't stay too long, you know, but, you know, I, I just wanted to get that celebration in before, like, the last oh, day yeah. of the convention. It's important to celebrate. You betcha. Yep. 
Can you tell I'm from Wisconsin? Right. I'm going to say you betcha a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, David, you get, definitely have a lot of hats in the martial arts um, in the martial arts. So, um, of course, um, you're currently retired, I understand, right? Yeah, right. Retired from a cycle, from being a psychotherapist. Yeah, you never retire from being a martial artist. But, um, yeah, for my career, yep, I'm, I've been a bum for a few, few years now and uh, really enjoy it. It's given me more opportunity to... Uh, uh, dive deeper into my uh, sword practice and uh, doing I do uh, lots of Iaido, Tamashigiri, and uh, also my Zen practice, so which is really important to me. And uh, it's, it's, just, it's it's been very rewarding to be able to take the time and just dedicate myself to these, as well as do some writing. Um, I like to I'm also like to write poetry uh, in the Zen traditions, that kind of a thing. So it's uh, just something that keeps me off the streets and out of, out of jail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you want to keep yourself occupied, you know. That's me, and you know, other than yeah. martial arts, you know, I have a full time job, and um, of course, I do other stuff, fitness. Uh, of course, mm-hmm. I I'm into pro wrestling, so at least keep myself out of trouble. So yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> as as you know, the uh, as we mature in the arts, say I've been doing this for a long time. I've been very fortunate to just keep on breathing and keep on moving with all of this. And uh, so, but uh, as you grow in the arts, as you get, as your body gets more tenured and matured, your, your journey does take you more inward. It really does, as I say, it becomes very, very personal um, and it's less and less about fighting and self-defense per se, but really more internal about waking up and uh, really answering some of the life's deepest questions. Who, who are we? Why are we here? All that kind of stuff. Yeah, so it's so great to actually attend this um, convention, you know, other than the um, seminars, you know, you get a lot of information, you mm-hmm. know, at the, probably the um, probably the greatest um, seminar that I've um, took and that really boosts up my, um, boosts my confidence to teach better, you know, I got, um, you know, Rowan Osborne, I mean, he's a wonderful guy and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like he was teaching a lot about leadership and like what you oh, need good. to do to be a team player. Yes. And of course, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, team playing is extremely important. I mean, I did, I, even within my career that I had, we worked, uh, I was primarily in behavioral health, did a lot of addictions counseling and work with people with chronic pain, helping people get off of opioids. And you had to do it with a team approach with the medical doctors, with nutritionists, with you know, social workers, with, with whoever. I worked a lot um, with our indigenous nations, our tribal nations in Wisconsin. And so it became a very team-focused, uh, very traditional approach to uh, helping people heal and get better. So teamwork is just really important. Yeah, absolutely. And this is something that you pass on to your students. And, um, you yeah. know, you want them yeah. to understand that the, this is um, how your journey is. You know, you don't do things mm-hmm. by yourself. You have to have a, some type of structural team to get yeah. you through everyday life. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It's very important to have a... Actually, a good teacher, a good a good dojo, a good team to help you dig. I was just say dig your root deep, you know, in your base art. I mean, my base art is a Goshindo Karate, which has a strong Goju influence, and um, it's uh, it, you know, it's just one of the things you just dig deep, 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 and then you can go play in the branches once you have your roots settled down, and you can go play in the branches, do some different arts um, because the. Uh, uh, the arts, the martial arts have a lot of um, similarities in their um, approach to self-defense. I mean, the body only moves certain ways. And so once you have the, you become a student of body movement and mind movement, it, uh, it's, just, it's just a joyful experience. 
it's painful too, but it's also joyful. Yeah. All right. All right. So before we kind of get into your um like your background, like what you um did with martial arts, um, I'm we're going you're gonna take us back in time, uh, of course. Mm-hmm. Now that was funny when I had that um picture that I said I look like butt week, and then uh-huh. you said you look like Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, so of course. <laughs> cracking <laughs> that was like oh, yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I got my hair tied back today otherwise yeah i'm mr bushy you know yeah it's i'm also yeah. like doc brown lost wandering around yeah <laughs> yeah 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 i actually met um, um christopher lloyd i mean i you um, did. Uh, cool. yeah I uh, kind of felt foolish that I've spent like um, 120 bucks for a photo op when this table photo was $100. So that was like $20 extra. <laughs> but, <laughs> that's, that's cool. All right. So, of course, yeah. So you have that um, Christopher Lloyd look. So you're going to be Doc Brown right now. You're going to take us into the DeLorean back in time. So this is so before everything began with you with martial arts, so the, here's the first question. So how would you describe yourself before martial arts? Oh, timid. You know, very, very quiet, very timid. Um, a massive worrier. <laughs> I was about 14, you know, just hitting puberty and uh, becoming, you know, being a, becoming a young adult. And uh, so... Um, uh, the martial arts was exactly what I needed. And a good teacher was exactly what I needed. Yeah, so, okay. So, yeah, so, yeah, this is like your, well, let's just say, what would be your, like, your push? What was that one event that got you interested in martial arts? What did you see? Well, you know, but for myself, there was really never one uh, one thing. Like, talk about being bullied and all that. But I had, you know, I had some of that, but it wasn't really, uh, it was just one of those things, and this may sound really weird, but I always was drawn to it. I mean, I, I uh, back then, back in 1969, so there wasn't a lot of um, TV shows or movies, but uh, the Kung Fu show came out in the 70s with David Carradine, and uh, Bruce Lee was hot back in then, those days, too. But um, I just had a natural gravitation towards uh, the martial arts. And then uh, all of a sudden, one day, the, our through our uh, small city, I grew up in Rhinelander, Wisconsin, population of 8,000 people. And uh, through the uh, Parks and Rec Department, a fellow was teaching karate, and he was a local police officer. And uh, so, boom, I joined in. There, I mean, there was a mass of a amount of people there, kids, adults. Uh, about three months later, there's about five of us left. Because <laughs> it, <was old, laughs> it was old school karate on concrete floor, and their job wasn't to develop 100 black belts. Their job was to weed out those who just were there for thinking they'd be Bruce Lee in a couple months. And uh, it was just something that um, I took it as a personal challenge. I really enjoyed the, the intensity of the training. So I just sort of, so there wasn't really a thing that set me there other than I was just always drawn to that. And uh, I, mean, I was always, even on my, at, uh, looking through books on Kung Fu and that kind of stuff, even before. You know, we, we even had a teacher come to town. Again, back in the 60s, you, you know, you, you took what was there, especially in a small town in northern Wisconsin. So, and he was a good instructor. He was really, really good. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, when I kind of got started, of course, for me, I mean, I was born in an era where, like, technology was, like, 
get being huge, you know, you had like, of course, you didn't have Bruce Lee back when you were starting. So, but definitely for me, it was an era where martial arts pretty much was expanding. Like yeah. other than other than um, movies, it was TV shows, it was cartoons, and mm-hmm. you know that was the thing that kind of boosted my confidence to really start out. I mean, because you know it was just almost like oh, it was a dream. Like I could say, majority of my time I was in front of the TV watching movies, mm-hmm. um, TV shows. Like mostly me and my sister, like we were two peas in the pod. Pod, so yeah. we would spend most of the time like watching. Like what she watched, I was watching too. So sure. like like for today, it's like I can remember everything that I've watched with my sister. And then like if I see it on TV or if I don't remember the movie and I see it on TV, it's like that I used to watch That's that. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was it was funny. It was it was the era of uh well, we didn't have any protective uh, equipment except for we wear a mouth guard and a groin protection. And that was it. And uh, we had no mats, you know, so when you went to the ground, you hit a c- concrete floor. And uh, so you had to really know how to fall. <laughs> and I mean, we did things safely. I mean, we weren't, you know, since it wasn't, um, uh, you know, uh, didn't injure us that badly. But I mean, injuries did happen quite a bit. And so you had to learn how to, we learned how to take care of ourselves too. You know, and you had to. And, and yeah. some of the old school teachers, they knew resuscitation techniques i mean uh when you got knocked down i mean we were up and he was doing some old school stuff <clears throat> especially when you got kicked between the legs <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> the over on the ground. i was like okay we gotta fix this one up pretty quick so <clears throat> but All right. um, but it was fun but it was it was uh again it was a time that uh, was very exciting for myself as a teenager i I've always enjoyed challenges like that, even though I was basically timid and quiet. I'm still quiet. I'm, I'm a reserved individual in a lot of ways, but um, uh, martial arts, uh, my journey really brought me into the confidence, you know, that I can handle myself, you know, and uh, and I can walk away from something and I have to, you know, from an altercation and I'm okay with that. And I don't have to, I don't have to prove myself. I can, I can walk away. Yeah, so that's what this whole convention that I'm going to like really it's like mostly it's well self-defense is pretty much big. I mean, it has to be. I mean, what things going on today, it's like mm-hmm. you have nothing, you don't have much of a choice but to watch your back when you're out in this like out in public, you know. You don't never you never know what what can happen, you know. There's always that person that like goes out and just like thinks that they're like pretty much above you and they can just attack you from any mm-hmm. place they want. So that's the thing that we are really do with martial arts today. It's like, it's mostly self-defense, but yes, we try to put on that, um, that traditional martial arts in there. You know, you want your students to know the history behind martial arts to understand mm-hmm. what they're doing with self-defense now. Correct. Exactly. Right. You have to, you know, good martial art does update for the, for the times. I mean, you want to keep things traditional, good to have a good base in your art form, understand where it's coming from. And um, I mean, originally, Budo means to put away the sword or put away the spirits. It's about peacefulness. And um, But uh, to take care of, you know, look at what modern day warrior needs to defend themselves in a worst case situation. So, yep. Uh, so can you describe like your first lesson? I mean, this is like you paid your money and um, 
you walk mm-hmm. into that studio, you walk into that dojo, and um, what was your like your oh. first lesson like, if you can remember? Oh yeah, just lots of pain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, knuckle push-ups on a concrete floor. I mean, that was probably the the the, the, the like, wow, this is really hard. And uh, so I, you know, it's like, but you know, again, you're really let's do this. And uh, one of the first things I saw was uh, uh, Sensei. One of his, he actually, he a fellow police officer. He'd been training some other officers, and uh, they were they were doing this old kata called San Chin Kata, uh, which means three conflicts. It's that heavy uh, breathing, slow motion stuff. And uh, I I saw that, and I'm going, I, I'm doing that. I want that. I mean, I just so like this was so cool. I'm doing that. And so, and uh, Sachin Kata from the outside is the most boring kata in the world. But after doing this for 50 some years, it's the most exciting kata ever. Uh, the, uh, it, it, it's, it's a qigong, it's an energy exercise as well. And it just awakens up so much energy inside of you and so much vitality. Um, and and it, that's actually very um, uh, instrumental in self defense. And one keeping yourself centered and calm, but also in terms of movement uh, of your body and your mind, it's it's, it's phenomenal. Because as you get older, your your um, your circles, your movements gets tighter, more uh, more softer, but tighter. And um, it's it's amazing. And you get more done with doing less, which I find absolutely amazing. <laughs> it's just surprise. It surprises me, you know. And uh, I know I have a long way to go. I have a buddy of mine who uh, he's uh, I think he's eighty eight now. He is one of the last uh, Caucasians to get his uh, black belt from Osensei in, Aik- in Aikido in Japan. And uh, if you ever want to be humble, have yourself thrown around by an 80-year-old uh, Aikido guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah it's, his circles are really soft, but so powerful. It's unbelievable. If you look at stuff from the outside, it looks like it's all faked. But I'll tell you, it, the pain is real. It's unbelievable. I'm sorry, I'm rambling. Now I do that as I got older too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So just like thinking like what we had today and like, we know we have safety um, mats, of course, but still stiff. I mean, of course, yeah, working on the hard floor. I mean, I don't think I could do that. I mean, I don't recommend, I really don't. I'm all for safety. I mean, we're, we live in an age two of um, liability (laughs) and having to have good insurance and uh, you know, making sure we, we train our students safely, and uh, yep. that, that that they're not harmed, and but also that they get good training because uh, they have to get hit. I mean, you have to be uh, put through discomfort. You have to be put through stress, not only physically but mentally. Um, and uh, because the street, I mean, it's very stressful, and fights happen very fast, faster than you'll ever find in the dojo. I mean, it's so chaotic, so fast, and if you're not trained for it, you're going to crumple. You know, just going to fall over. And so at least you want to get as close to that as you can in the dojo in your training. So when it actually does happen, you're, you're a little bit better prepared. Yeah. So, I mean, with these kids, I mean, you know, you want to train them young. I mean, I mean, you try and try to gear up, you try want to try to get away from the technology. You know, we, I feel like technology has like made like pretty much took over and, you know, you got kids with tablets, cell phones, and of course you got the, that uh, games, you know, I pretty much grew up with the Nintendo um, mm-hmm. era, like the, the original Nintendo, you know, I, 
that definitely I was hooked on that. But yeah, it's with martial arts. I kind of pretty much um, drifted away from doing video games because I was so I'm so focused on growing out with the martial arts. So that pretty much got me away from that. So with now as an instructor, you know, I'm teaching these kids, you know, you know, video games, uh, technology is not going to help you get away from a situation. So you want to train them as much like rep, pretty much repetition with self-defense. So they have an idea say that this is what I need when I'm walking home from school. Cause you know, you never know, of course, a bully, you know, that's right. been a, a big, big reason that kids take martial arts, you know, they're the subject of bullying. And yet sometimes they hide that. And mostly the parents never tell you why they join martial arts. It's just, you end up have to find out yourself based on their demeanor when they go mm -hmm. into class. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I was fortunate that I had a, my dad sit, uh, gave me the instructions when I was younger. He goes, hey, if anybody picks on you, starts to bully you, feel free to punch them in the face. And if you get in trouble at school, just, just let me know because I'll, I'll, I got your back. <laughs> you know? And uh, I mean, my dad had, well, my, I come from a family of fighters. And uh, so it was just sort of like one of those things, you know. Yeah, uh, I'm talking, you know, street fighting. I'm not, so yeah, so my dad had her, had her back. So yeah, so just like when you talk about street fighting, you know, if there was no cry dojo, you but resort to street fighting, and then you basically get your skills like from what you see out in the street. Now that's pretty much yeah. what's um, I could say what's going on now. Because they, mm -hmm. you know, you got all these different types of fighters that, you know, if you used to play football, you fight like mm -hmm. a football player. If you used mm -hmm. to like uh, be fight, uh, be a wrestler, like uh, you did high school wrestling, amateur wrestling, mm -hmm. you fought like a wrestler. So, right. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when I had, I, I'm like getting all my stories from one of my uncles who used to always get into trouble um, and in the bars and stuff. But one time he did get into a fight in a bar and um, um, he beat this guy up and the guy left and my uncle stayed in the bar. This guy came back with a gun and shot him. He, he oh. survived. Yeah, he survived. This was back in the seventies. He survived. Um, but uh, it was one of those things that really, as a, I was probably 16 or 17 at the time, it sort of woke me up to realities of, this is really serious stuff. This is not something we could play with. And uh, so it was like, you know, just learning those kinds of things from my, you know, from that side of the family. And uh, it, was, it was, it was, it was, again, it was just an eye opener. And I was taking martial arts at the time. So it was, um, uh, it was something I always logged in the back of my mind. So I stay out of bars. So it helps me a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah i don't drink i don't drink much you know i try to kind of stay away from you no know, i don't mind going out and like having my yeah. good time but you know yeah. you know if it goes the resources to going to bars and drinking you know i kind of want to stay away from that trouble you know it's just yeah. that some yeah that one person that gets so loaded with alcohol or mm -hmm. get um liquored up i like to say and then you know yeah. you have you have a problem yeah yeah, I mean, one of my actually, my the first guy I ever promoted the black belt. I uh, used to be a bar fighter, and uh, he just I mean, he just like to go out drink and just get into fights, and that's what they went out for, you know. And uh, so he wanted to learn martial arts from me, so I I really had to check his character. So we were talking more and more about that. I mean, he stopped doing a lot of that. He got knifed one night, um, so he sort of started to rethink things. But I had I made him come into my uh, I was teaching out of my home at the time. 
And uh, he had to come to my back. I had a walkout basement uh, that you come in. I, I had had concrete floors. I'd never finished basement. And uh, uh, this, this was when I was living in Nebraska. So it would be cold and snow. But he had to show up at 530 in the morning and meditate with me for 40 minutes to an hour before we'd even begin martial arts practice. And uh, he trained with, me, trained with me for a lot of years. And it was really powerful, very, um, uh, very turned out to be a really nice man, you know. But, uh, but I had to really check his character because you don't know who you're training. And, um, and he could pack one hell of a punch. My, I've, I had some students almost quit because it hit him too hard. Uh. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, Mike was, Mike, we called him Mike. He was, he was our Iron Mike. And he, <laughs> he, that guy could give a punch and take a punch. Mm. But we always trained for, uh, one of the things we always trained, I was taught students, we were always trained to, to uh, we're fighting three people at all times. And uh, by the way, I got that from old Sanchin, caught the Sanchin in these three conflicts. So I always figured, hey, there's always three of them. There's never just one person, there's always three. And lo and behold, uh, Iron Mike, uh, his past caught up with him one day and was attacked by three, by, three people. And mm. uh, long story short, he took care of him. So. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah. that was car- his karmic you know his karma was coming back after and uh but uh he was he did okay he only came he came into the dojo with a pretty good black eye but he he, he survived but uh-huh. again it was kind of training and awareness situation so we debriefed it you know it's a sensor i debriefed his situation and um walked him through it to make sure that you know he i wanted to make sure he wasn't you know that he was okay you know the martial arts is really about training to be a good person, to be, you know, becoming a person of good character. And that's what we're really focused on. You find people that have that rough past and you help them round out those edges. And those who come in with lack of confidence, you help them bolster their self-esteem. So whatever you need, I mean, the martial arts can provide it. And a good, good instructor will do that for you. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much left through having good instructor, you know, my first instructor, you know, I can say I grew up with um, ADHD, you know, I then I know I have better control with it now than I had when I started martial arts, you know, it's just mm-hmm. that it's like you have so a group of, or should I say a group of um, instructors that's kind of set you straight, you know, my first instructor, he was pretty much how I was, you know, mm-hmm. just um, a fun looking guy. And, you know, the great thing is, you know, he's still a first degree black belt and yet mm-hmm. here i am a fourth degree and mm-hmm. you know i'm guy i kind of pick on i'm saying like haha when's the next time you're gonna test but you know yeah. i still consider him like my first instructor you know he's been here long enough so he knows more than i do so right. i can't say my rank could i can't say i outrank him like um with um since i'm a fourth degree but yet um it's just the, it, the years of experience so i'm lord years of experience yeah um ranking after a while i just i i actually walked away from all that stuff myself um ranks and titles and uh, i'm still very traditional except for that kind of stuff i'm sort of even that era of just you just train you know if you yeah. want a piece of paper i got lots of paper i'll reach up a piece of paper but that's not going to help you you know um you have to train and um, uh, you have to train, and you have to train well. You have to have a good, good, deep foundation in whatever you do. And again, that's what martial arts will do. It's going to give you what you need. And uh, that foundation begins uh, whether you need, again, whether you need to build your self esteem or to round off some tough edges and mellow you, mellow you out. Um, it, it does that for you. 
and uh, I've seen that happen with so many people. And it's really it's really neat. So um, actually, as a, as a therapist, um, I was working with a lot of people with addictions, and uh, I was able to dovetail a lot of martial arts philosophy uh, into my uh, therapeutic approach to helping people manage chronic pain and their addiction. A lot of people drink or, or use drugs because uh, because of a reason, and usually there's trauma some sort of uh, uh, traumatic event, uh, as, as uh, usually from the childhood, even adulthood, something has happened. And um, so it, uh, the martial art application of how to properly fight your internal aspects is the same as the outside. And learning how to have a good foundation of, of watching your mind and your breathing and all the variety of meditative techniques that, that I would bring with me. Um, to, to my uh, therapeutic sessions, uh, people found extremely helpful, and because they actually they are helpful. Um, this old school yep. traditional Chinese stuff, uh, qigong, energy exercises, and breath work, meditation, um, diet. Diet is extremely important. You know, as as good as athletes, diet. Yeah, you know, we have to have a good diet. And it's also very important when you're managing um, anxiety, pain, addictions, anything. That's extremely important. So a real strong holistic approach that I, I learned in the martial arts, I just took to therapy. And nowadays, it's become a big thing. I mean, back when I was doing meditation, that kind of stuff with people in therapy, it wasn't a, a big thing. And now it's a, a big thing. <laughs> and so it's, it's, uh, it's really good to see it come along. And it's, and being, you know, it's being backed by science. You know, they do a lot of empirical research on it now and show how mindfulness and meditation techniques are extremely beneficial, especially in people with ADHD, uh, people who, uh, you know, uh, just need the, they need it. It rounds you out. Whatever you need, it'll f- f- fulfill that purpose. Yeah. I mean, I always tell my students, like the things that they learn in school can apply to martial arts. Like you said, there's a science behind martial arts. And yeah. yeah. And yeah. I like the fact that you, yeah, when you talk about the guy that was having all these um, issues, like mm-hmm. his demeanor, then before you even get him into like, into like the training, you meditate first, which is, that is something really important. You know, you want to make sure your mind is at the right level before you start training. You want to be at the calm level. You want the training to be like, you want to be, um, like go easily, go slice, uh, yeah. swiftly. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to make sure he was dedicated and he just wasn't there. To yeah. That's learn. it. Stuff and so I go beat shit people up, and um, so um, and, I, and um, I was very fortunate to have a good. I, I actually did eight years of uh, formal study with a Zen teacher in uh, Soto uh, branch of Zen, and uh, my the name I have uh, of Shin Zen is my Buddhist name, my Dharma name. I'm what they call a lay priest in uh, Soto Zen, and uh, so uh, I've, I've done long retreats and meditate for long periods of time. I used to I. I did used to have an annual event. I had a Zen and healing arts retreat. So we'd, we'd meditate in the mornings. And then in the afternoons, we'd do uh, we'd either bring in a, a healing artist, like uh, somebody, uh, uh, a master of Kung Fu who is trained in uh, herbs, herbalism, and those kinds of things, or energy work. And then we would do energy work or play with swords or do, you know, open-ended in the afternoon. And it was a whole day-long retreat. And we had a blast. It was really, really fun. But the morning meditation was hard on a lot of people. They I had quite a few people say, man, that's hard. It's, you know, you, med- you sit and meditate for half hour to 40 minutes and you do a 10 minutes of walking, another 40 minutes of sitting, 
Yeah, you do that for a while. That, that, that's it's very grueling. Yeah, it'll test your character. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it's why easier for people to do yoga because you know, you know, either you're oh, yeah. laying down, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the, the Zen approach and the mindfulness stuff, uh, you bring it to the martial arts, you bring it to your life. It's it just has a very strong um, calming effect, and um, if it's done again done properly. And um, a lot of folks tend to quit because they think they're going to become enlightened. Just like in martial arts, I think it's going to be this quick, easy thing. And, it's, and uh, no, it's, it's actually very intense. If you're doing a, a Zen sitting properly, uh, after about 30 to 40 minutes, I mean, you could be building up a sweat. Because uh, uh, it's, 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 yeah, it's not, it's not um, all the butterflies and, <laughs> and, and rainbows you know it's it's intensity that's why the samurai studied zen it helped them deal with life and death i mean these guys were deals facing death every day and they had to have an answer to why we'd go out there and zen uh, training helped them fit that that, that part of that spiritual uh, aspect of their life who they are what life's all about and to help them deal better so yeah yeah and you know when i think about like uh like, you know, you heard about like McDojo's or just uh, oh. belt factories. Yeah. And like, yeah. really, you think about it, it's like you're just giving out belts and you're not um, teaching these students like uh, like if you if mostly for my style, we want to like gear our students towards self-defense. We want to train them yeah. to fight like or defend themselves like black belts. You know, we're just not mm -hmm. giving them black belts. You know, when we do right. our black belt tests, you know, we want that test to be difficult. We want them to work for their black belt. That's, it's just not there. You're not getting a black belt, even though you paid like say $200 for a test, you know, mm -hmm. we're not just going to give you a belt. I mean, you know, yeah. it's just like, that's like, if you're just all there about a belt, you might as well just go to Amazon and buy it that's and then exactly. say you're a black belt. Yeah. But yet, if you want to train, and be able to defend yourself like in a street situation then yeah mm -hmm. you've got to really put that commitment in and really know how your muscles work you know how to sweat you know mm -hmm. how to do proper breathing and yep. at least know your history yeah that's right exactly and again that's why i was very fortunate that uh, my teacher was a, a police officer and the style of our karate was called goshindo which means the way of self-defense so that was our focus and um it was, um, you know, and so we, we did some pretty good, good training. I mean, so many times every Saturday and Sunday, I mean, throughout my teen years uh, for, you know, those, my afternoons were full of just, we would heavy kickboxing. Then after the kickboxing, after an hour or so of that, we would do our self-defense training. And then for, since they finally got some mats, cause he was trained in judo as well. So, <laughs> so we, we, we'd, we'd be doing our, our mat work as well. And uh, but it wasn't uh, mat work. It wasn't like jujitsu like you see today. It was more or less, okay, you're on the ground. You got thrown to the ground. How do we dispense with this person as quickly as we can so you can get up and get out? You know, it wasn't, we're, not, we're not fighting. We're, we're, we're surviving. This is not about fighting. It's not about quelling somebody or beating them into the ground. It's about getting yourself up and getting yourself out of that situation or you know, helping defend a loved one and removing yourself as quickly as you can. And that's what it's about. And, uh, and maintaining the peace and uh, heaven forbid we you know we, we ever really harm somebody that bad uh, but um but some days you have to i mean that's just that that's what life brings you you have to do it 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're in that dangerous situation. You know, you, it's a fight or flight situation. You know, yeah. it's mm -hmm. a kill or be killed. You know, that's why, um, of course, <laughs> yeah. most styles put Krav Maga in that. Um, well, mostly our style, we put Krav Maga because, you know, it's it's a kill or be killed. And, you know, it's mm -hmm. it's not I know it's not everybody's intention to at least kill or hurt somebody but you know you know your goal every day is to go home and you're safe you know you're you're working a eight hour job eight or ten hour right. job and then of course you don't have like um you don't have time for anything else you just want to get home and just recover and then you know you got mm -hmm. that one person that prevents you from doing that and mm -hmm. you have no choice but to find that extra energy inside and just like you explode and you don't make it lengthy you just get get in and out of there and it's like you get out of there yeah that's right that's basically it we have this we have we, we joke about this guys especially as we get older it's like us i told guys we don't fight anymore we just kill fighting takes too long i don't have time to fight i mean i'll let my gas out real quick you know uh just just come here just let me hit you, <laughs> you <know? laughs> so but i mean there's but, again uh, uh learning to adapt um, especially as your as uh, our bodies mature, because you know, impermanence is a fact in all of life. You know, we, we're all going to get older. I mean, I was once a fourteen year old boy entering a dojo, and I'm uh, I'll be sixty seven here in a few in a few days. And um, your body changes. It's amazing how that happens. And um, you know, now I can I, if I sneeze, I can pull a muscle. You know, but there's but we. <laughs> There's a lot of mileage that goes with with what we've done over the years. I mean, I'm fortunate I've not had to have any knee or hip replacements, where a lot of my friends have already been through a lot. But even my brother, younger brother, has had a knee replacement. He's a martial artist as well, and yeah. I've been very fortunate that my uh, my joints. I I consider my uh, my joints and tendons have been very good because of Sanchen Kata. Actually, all that old the school training of Qigong, and one of the, the secrets of the martial arts actually are the healing arts it's learning how to recover quickly and how to take care of yourself after a hard training session and and how to recover quickly and do it safely and uh, i have a good friend of mine uh, his name is miles coleman i'll give him a shout out he's a master herbalist traditional chinese medicine and a kung fu master and he's been my doctor for over 30 years and uh his uh, his concoctions have helped keep me pretty healthy. I mean, I've torn menisci in my knees and uh, the stuff that he's given me has been remarkable. That uh, it's helped me recover quickly and uh, get back in without surgery. So I just wish I could uh, fix the goofy in my head because I've had too many concussions. <laughs> 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 so if I turn my head too fast, I fall over. But that's, that's besides the point. No, I've but one of the, I, have, I actually enjoyed uh, doing kendo. I did kendo for a while, but um, I get my bell rung even with a, a full shield on. And I just, after a while, my head said, no, I can't do this anymore. So you have to, you have to learn to make adjustments and uh, it, you pick up different weapons. You know, I mean, I, I picked up the sword back in the 90s, uh, Japanese sword work. And um, I just enjoy that because being able to swing a sword um, it translates to so many different kind of weaponry. Uh, as I get older, I, I sometimes I, I, I'll, I'll have a walking stick. So I've got my Joe with me, you know, a short bow. And uh, so, I'm, you know, I'll just look, I just look like an old man with his walking stick with cane. But that's, <laughs> I'm not using it for that. That's for my self-protection. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I'm always weaponized. And uh, and uh, I can tell you all the weapons I carry, but yeah, that's one of them for sure. So. Uh, yeah, so, of course, yeah. That's the adaptations you make as we as we get older, too. You have to say, oh, what, you know, what can I reasonably do to help myself, remove myself from a situation? And uh, what, what do I need now? You know, what's the best route to go? And um, so that's, that's, what, that's, what, that's what you do after 50-some years. You start to really make your changes. And again, hopefully to provide uh, inspiration, to um, for younger people like yourself, you know, the people just getting into the arts and moving through the arts, that, hey, this is a lifelong journey. And it's a, it becomes a passion. And uh, it just it just keeps you going. Um, there's times you don't feel like getting out of bed. There's days you don't want to go train. But those are the days you have to go. And uh, those are the ones that, once you get past that, the voices in your head that tell you to quit, you're okay. You know, I, 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 you know we all have those, those, that I don't feel like doing this today. But you start to say, hey, that's not me. That's just voices. Those are just just old laziness that's not who i am today it's not who i am now and uh, i just just plow forward yeah you know definitely have like one person that i've usually kind of listened to like when it comes to inspirational quotes is steve harvey and you know he's like oh, says there's yeah. yeah there's like have to versus get to so you know when you have that attitude it's like i have to go to work you know it's like Mm -hmm. it's like you don't want to do it's like i have to do this i have to do that but you want to have that i get to you get to it's like really yeah because that's the yes this is your opportunity you know you get a chance to do stuff you know you get to go to work you know you get to train you get to cook cook dinner you get to go home I mean, that should be the, that's your that's demeanor. Perfect. Exactly. Gratefulness yeah. is phenomenal. Um, I, call, I always call it the, uh, the, when I was, again, as a counselor, I would, I would train them in that's called, you, have you heard the word dim mock, the death touch? Yeah, okay. blood sport. Yeah. Uh, gratitude, gratefulness is the dim mock for negative emotions. To change that negativity, you start to be thankful for what you have. And uh, actually, one of the meditations we would do in the temple would be every every spoonful of food we would take would be to be thank. How did this uh, rice get here today? You know, so you start thanking the you get you start thanking the entire universe because that's how it got here. So you realize you're totally supported by the entire universe. As you take a look at one little grain of rice in your bowl, how that bowl how that got there to feed you, it's phenomenal, and it really changes your 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 attitude. And uh, you become much more grateful for things. Yes, definitely. But you get to do things. And I'm just, I'm happy to continue to do this into my, into my 60s. And I plan on doing this until, well, until I can't breathe anymore. Oh. And, and uh, you, you start doing fun things. I, I've, uh, for the last couple of years too, uh, I do a lot of uh, internal work. Um, I've picked up doing uh, uh, the Wim Hof method. And if you've heard of Wim Hof, the ice man, but I take uh, cold showers and I'll do uh, ice baths for about two to three minutes. And I'll do that periodically. And also with some very deep uh, yogic uh, breathing, which is good for the organs and the lungs. And it creates internal heat, reduces, it reduces, actually reduces inflammation. And uh, I find it really helpful for my martial arts as well. And, uh, uh, especially the cold baths really are good for recovery, sore muscles. 
And, um, but it's also good for the mind. Um, cause those days you're walking, if you walk in that shower, it's like, oh man, I don't want to blast myself with cold water right now. And, but you do it anyway. <laughs> and it totally takes it, whatever you're thinking about or felt that just before the shower is totally gone once that cold water hits and it takes your breath away. And because you have to recover, you have to recover, you have to capture your breath and get your breathing back while you're being doused in this cold water for two or three minutes. And uh, that's, that's good training. I can see why these old uh, Japanese monks would go into the waterfalls and oh. do that. And it's like, wow, that's a phenomenal training. It's, it's not, uh, not just so much physical, but it's mental to, uh, to be able to keep your breathing going um, and to keep your mind centered because you have to keep it centered because your brain starts to freeze after a while. You have to move around. Um, but uh, the cold ice baths, I have a rain barrel at home that I fill up with the water and then the ice. And I just sit in that for a while. And my neighbors think I'm an absolutely loony tune, old guy sitting out in his rain barrel. <laughs> you know, but um, hey, I enjoy it. It's, uh, it's very refreshing. You got to try it someday. Look, man, check out Wim Hof. He a lot of YouTube stuff. Yeah. And I wish I was um, interested in the cold, but you know, cold's like kryptonite. You know, I need heat. I mean, oh, it's great. Yeah, it's great that I'm back out, out in Vegas. It's like when I'm out there in the hot weather, uh-huh. it's like, yeah, energy. Yeah. 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 Vegas is fun too. I, I told you before I got married in Vegas. So 35 years ago. So <laughs> it was uh, still, yeah, we're still married. So it's even better. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. So, oh yeah. Congratulations on your anniversary. Yeah. You, oh yeah. Um, yeah. You, yeah, yeah. 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 Good old circus circus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if that's still, I think that's tore, tore down. I don't know if that's still, um, still it, standing. Uh, I mean, we, yeah, we were there about maybe five years ago and it was pretty run down and maybe it's tore down now, but yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty sad looking when we were there. And, um, yeah, you know, 35 years ago it was a pretty nice looking place, but, um, now it's pretty sad. Yeah. Yeah. But, but again, we're all a little old, you know, the older you get, the little more old and tired you look too. So, you know. <laughs> all right. So what would you say your favorite moment in martial arts would be like, uh, of course, uh, you, you, of course you got your black belt in um, Goshindo mm-hmm. uh, martial arts. So what, what would you say, how would you just describe your black belt test? Oh, that was uh, interesting. Um, you know, a lot of folks, they, they you know, you, you set a date and you get things lined up and you train for it and you train for it. And, you, and um, you know, you, you get, then you get put, put through the rigors. Well, I was, uh, I think it was a senior in college. I was an undergraduate, undergraduate work. And I, and I would, where I'd come home for like Christmas time and holidays, I'd go train with my sensei. And I was training while I was in college too. I was training with a bunch of Kyoko Shun guys when I was in college. So this, that, you know, that's a hard, really hardcore style. And um, I came home, it was, uh, it was a December, 1976, I remember that. And uh, I go to train with Sensei, and uh, it was just him standing there. And I go, where is everybody? And I'm like, there's usually about a handful of guys. And uh, he goes, it's just you and me today. You're testing mm. for your black belt. No, oh. no warning, no nothing. I just show up and that day, that moment, I'm being tested. And uh, so he proceeded basically just to beat me up for a couple hours. And I said, that'll be 10 bucks. I got to pay for the certificate. (laughs) (laughs) 
that's what it was back then. You know, it was like, I said, yeah, but it took me, it was a, it was an eight year, well, seven to eight year journey, you know, and uh, to get to that point, but he knew I was ready. And uh, that's what Sensei was. It was like, oh, time to go, let's do this. You know, there wasn't a lot of warm ups or all that kind of stuff to prepare for your test. You show up every day was a day of testing. You had to be ready every day. And uh, that was part of the test was you're, you show up and boom, you're testing today. Get, let's go. Because yep. uh, <clears throat> you have to be on every day. It's not just about showing up and then only looking really good at test day. It's you've got to look good every day because you don't know when Sensei was going to grab you and say today's the day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I always tell my students like, you know, you want to treat your class like it was a test. I mean, yep. as soon as you walk into that, uh, walk into that mat, you know, you're you're testing you're well you're not actually testing it's like you want to treat your techniques like if you were actually testing for your next rank exactly yeah, yeah exactly and uh i had uh for a while i actually worked in my hometown and i was doing some uh i did it was called the community support counseling for people with severe mental illness i would meet with them in restaurants uh you know have a coffee meet them in you know in, in a natural environment and uh, people, you know, had people had schizophrenia who were struggling. And that. I, I'd be sitting in a restaurant having coffee with a, uh, one of my clients. And since he'd be walking, he'd sneak up behind me with his walkie-talkie. He had the antenna pulled out and jam it in the back of my neck. He goes, pay attention. <laughs> you know, he would just always do that. Because, you know, he was walking. Oh, he's, he's a cop. You know, he's in town, you know. And uh, so he, was, he would do that kind of stuff to me. Always pay attention, pay attention. And it was sort of fun. Yeah, uh, so I would do that to my students once in a while too. And I had one of my uh, little gal students. She was, uh, her name was Mariah. We called her Mad Dog. She was like four foot ten, but she was a buzzsaw. You did not mess with Mariah. But I, uh, we were, it was a Christmas parade once in this little town we were living at, and uh, so it's winter time. It's cold, and uh, I, she was she was with some of her friends, and I, I jumped her and put her into a headlock. Her friends didn't had no idea who I was, and they're freaking out. And she immediately starts moving into self defense mode, and I had to let go because I knew I was about to get hurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, so it was really fun. And uh, but I would do stuff like that too, just uh, surprise some of my students. And uh, but they all it was fun. It was it was good. I, was, I had a good dojo. Uh, Outside of Green Bay, Wisconsin, a small town called Shawano, I had some great group of people. And uh, um, I, I lived there for quite a while, so I developed some, a, lot of good, a lot of good students. A lot of weirdos, but they were good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, um, yeah, you have a PhD. What, what's your um, degree in? Like, um, do you have a master of degree or something? Like, I'm actually, I'm actually uh, a pathic doctor, actually. And mm -hmm. a master's is in counseling, and uh, um, but I, I decided to get my my uh, doctorate in naturopathic as a, as a naturopathic doctor. But I took a PhD route because I was more interested in doing research and doing writing, as opposed to practice practicing as a naturopathic doctor. I really wanted to get the scientific background and uh, being able to do more empirical research, which my job eventually allowed me to do um, when I was, I was managing behavioral health and. Uh, and for uh, again, for one of the tribes here in, in Wisconsin, and so I was able to. We had a, um, a we call it integrative approach again with the doctors and all that. We had a strong, we had chronic pain programs, 
And so I could able to, able to put together science with all the stuff that I was doing, doing pre-tests, post-tests, and uh, tracking data, that kind of stuff. So but a lot of natural health and healing uh, practices. Well, actually, I learned about cold therapy was, was through that. And um, uh, a lot of good natural healing modalities, uh, traditional Chinese medicine, um, homeopathic methods, naturopathic methods, breath work. Um, anyway, I could find a way to help people heal. That's what I was interested about. You know, how can I help them? And also help myself, you know. Um, and I was a nut job, you know. Nah. Well, <laughs> one of the things, I, actually, I had some severe anxiety for a while when I was a teenager. And that's how I got into a lot of Zen meditation. The martial arts helped me with that. I and mean, they had me on a lot of medications um, when I was about 15, you know, like Valium and Stelazine. Um, and I just knew that wasn't it. And so I just I threw them out and just stayed with my meditation. And that worked the best. That, that, just, that just helped me. And uh, over time, it just, you know, the more you practice peace, the more peaceful you become. Yeah, and definitely going through all your journey, it just um, inspired you to, or should say, gave you a push to write your first book, The Black Belt Healing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. That's where I dovetailed my counseling career and the martial arts journey. And I uh, would and teach people how to actually manage uh, pain um, in, in a very uh, naturopathic way uh, through meditation and uh, hypnosis. I did live, uh, train myself to do. Uh, to take hypnotic journeys and to help people with that as well. How, using, how to use the power of the mind in a very positive way. And again, a lot of that stuff is backed by science. It's not just, you know, I call it new agey stuff or, or you know, hippy dippy stuff. It's really a hardcore science on how hypnosis can help heal the mind, um, uh, helps the, with the healing process when it stays positive, when it stays grateful, when it stays in a state of, of, yeah, I'm moving forward. I'm already healed. I'm already doing better. And uh, it was really interesting how <clears throat> when we traded, uh, I would chart people uh, in my chronic pain group. They would do a pretest of where their pain levels were at and, and how it impacted their life in terms of sleep, work, and all that kind of stuff. And after eight weeks of uh, running the group, their pain levels physically stayed the same, but their quality of life began to improve. Even though they had the same pain, they, they could walk better. They felt better. They were more grateful. They, they just felt their, their suffering was less. So they learned the difference between pain and suffering. You know, pain is pain and suffering is, how, is, is, is our resistance to the pain. And once we learn to embrace the pain, like in the martial arts, we learn to embrace the pain. You have to embrace the fight. You have to get in. You have to jump in. And the same with chronic pain. You have to jump in. You have to become curious about it. You have to say, hey, come on. Let's go. And uh, it's, it's amazing how that changes your journey. And then over time, the pain levels will drop off. But initially, the, it was the quality of life improved. And that's what's so cool. It was to see that and, and for them to see that in their own, uh, you know, their own testing, their own, their own words. You know, this is where my pain was when I started. Here it is now, eight weeks later. Hey, I am better. You know, doing this weird Qigong stuff, you know, and mindfulness stuff. And, uh, and training to be warriors. And uh, many of the indigenous uh, people I work with is a very strong warrior mindset. And uh, so bringing that into the counseling session is, uh, is very helpful. And, bring, uh, you know, and they're very, they're very, and many of the people are very open to uh, 
the Qigong because uh, some of the traditional practices they had in their indigenous ways were very similar to the Qigong of Chinese, of Chinese culture. So earth cultures are very similar. Earth cultures understand earth culture. And uh, so you could have, I could be talking all day on that stuff. Uh, but that's my degree was, in, uh, it was actually uh, finding natural ways to help people heal without medication. And that was part of my journey. And so I just wanted to assist people with that journey as well. And uh, the martial arts was a major portion of that journey in natural health and healing, Chinese medicine, herbs, um, meditation, breath work, all that good stuff. Ice baths, all that good stuff. Uh, yeah, so I guess you had like probably a lot of um, notebooks. You probably had took a lot of notes to just oh, to get this book to happen. Yeah. You know, it's, and you got to try stuff. You got to jump in. You have to be, not be afraid to say, oh, okay, I'll go take a cold shower. I mean, the first one I ever took, I was like, I ain't doing that shit no more. Pardon my French. I, I'm not doing that anymore, you know? <laughs> and, uh, but I did, you know, because I took it as a challenge. You know, I'll do some, I'll, I'll set a challenge down for 21 days. I'm going to do this for 21 days. Whether I want to do it or not, I'm going to do this for 21 days. And then after those 21 days, it's like, eh, eh it's not so bad. <laughs> now, in almost three years I've been doing this cold shower stuff it's it's really it's amazing I don't even think about it now you just walk in hit the shower it's invigorating yeah. you crave it you want it and it's like martial arts you, you know if you're if at in the dojo you miss a training a day or two it's like I gotta get back in there I gotta, I gotta go hit somebody I gotta get hit you know <laughs> you know you, you start to enjoy doing that it's uh, well it's a strange thing the martial arts but it's a wonderful thing and uh, it's such a, I know it's fun. There's so many different ways of, of, uh, of martial art training. And uh, whether it's, uh, you know, karate, taekwondo, jujitsu, kendo, you know, uh, there's so many different ways to enter in. And it really comes down to the good people that you meet. And I think that's some of the best things. You meet some wonderful people and that help you, so that support your journey. I mean, you know, I mean, there's, there's those jerks out there that just want to beat you in the ground. But most of the people mm. that you find are going to be that, that that are supporting you. They understand this is a journey of relationships. This is family. You know, you take somebody as a student, they become family. You know, you start working mm-hmm. with somebody, they're family. I mean, I, I've uh, performed marriage ceremonies for my students, you know. And uh, so it's, it's, it's all, you know, it's, it, it's just cool. And then hey, even people like yourself, you know, you know, even though we've never personally meet your family, because you're a martial artist, everywhere you go, there's there's people that are family. You meet them, you get this connection with them, and uh, just because we share this bond of martial arts, that's uh, that's cool. Cool, I guess it's really cool, you know. So. Uh. All right, ladies and gentlemen, before we kind of get to our um, hidden dojo segment, here's the, here's the last question I got for you. Yeah. What um, inspiring quote best describes your journey? Oh, I'd say, you know, seek not, it's, it was written by a, a, a Zen poet. His name is Basho, Basho. And uh, seek not to follow in the footsteps of the masters. Seek what they sought. And that you don't have to follow exactly what they do, but seek what they sought. You know, and that, that's really cool. You know, seek not to follow in their footsteps, but to seek what they sought. And that's a big difference. And for a while, you'll, you'll copy them. But after a while, you find your own way. You know, and you're going to find the way reveals itself to you. Um, 
uh, that's what the Do is, but behind Karate Do, Judo, Taekwondo, it's, it's the way. And that way gets revealed to you through this journey. And uh, you learn to trust the journey, you know. Um, you, um, you learn to trust this moment. Because like in a street fight, in a fight, you can't pre-plan anything. You have to follow and trust your training in that moment. And um, so how do we do this in our everyday life? How do you trust this moment? And that's what they're seeking. How do you tr trust this moment? How do you enter into this way? And find that deep, deeper peace about yourself. And, and uh, that's what it's about for me. So seek not to follow in their footsteps, but to seek what they sought. And he's, he's got some great books, uh, B-A-S-H-O, Basho, um, Journey to the Interior. He, was a, he, he, he walked through Japan and wrote and about his journeys, his travel logs. And he was a phenomenal poet and uh, his uh, beautiful words, just absolutely beautiful words. And uh, so he was one of my inspirations for writing. And as I've gotten older, too, I've started to do more poetry and uh, just because it's one of those peaceful things to do. And I have the time for it now, you know, and uh, <laughs> so it's sort of fun. Being, I enjoy being a retired bum. I, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I got a long way to go. Well, yeah, let's just say you. I don't know. I don't have. Well, I don't have to test physically anymore, but um, you know, I'm get looking forward to that um fifth degree. So yeah, yeah, so I'm still training in general, just mentally as well as not as much physically, but just get myself right. mentally ready. Yeah. Yeah, when you get to those those areas, it's about it's about contributing to the arts. You know, um, my book Black Bell Healing um, was one of those contributions. To the arts, you know, that that as you um, mature, you know, what, what are you doing that this is an art? What are, what are you contributing? What, what's your art? Art is creative. And uh, not just, again, that's what Basho was talking about is we're not just going to go paint the same painting every day. You have to start that way. But then what are you going to paint on your own? What are you creating? Where do you, what, what's, what's coming forth from this, from the way that that's, that's, that's showing people that yeah, you're a creative artist. And uh, I was very fortunate. I've got two friends of mine that um, I've trained with for years. And uh, the, they've both been in the arts from you know same way. And we all talk about that. We, we get together. But, yeah, what, we're creative artists. We, I, like, the three of us would get together and be like jazz musicians getting together. And we just, there's no plan. We just start jamming. And uh, that's what we would do. We'd get together and play in free form and... And uh, a bunch of three old men falling down, laughing at each other. It was a good time, you know. But uh, yeah, um, yeah. And uh, Ray, uh, my buddy Ray Walter, he's a Goju. He's a Gosh. He's a uh, fifth degree in Goju, Goju Ru. And then uh, Bob Martin, uh, over on the East Coast, uh, um, he's also Goju, but also um, he did a lot of like uh, lineage of Moses Powell. Uh, a lot of jujitsu kind of things, and um, Bob is phenomenal. Bob Martin, he's really he's got a website. Yeah, he's still teaching now um, down in the villages in Florida, and um, but he's phenomenal. His his stuff is very creative, top notch stuff. So you know that. But the arts, it's about art. It's about art. So any other questions? I get to rambling. I apologize for that. So. <laughs> yeah, all right, so ladies and gentlemen, we have reached our hidden dojo segment of the uh, interview. So definitely, I'm gonna ask uh, 
Dave, uh, seven questions. So this is the fun part of the uh, interview. Okay. So yeah, this is where we get pretty much get the audience to know pretty much your fun side of you. Hey. Okay. All right. So the first question is the best advice you ever gotten and who said it? Oh boy. Best advice you've ever gotten. Who said it? Uh, be my Zen teacher. Um, uh, known in Koini, as a Reverend Known in Koini. And basically, uh, he was giving a Dharma talk one day, and he says, It's not about understanding what I'm saying, it's in the listening. Doesn't make any difference whether you understood him, it's in the listening, it's always in the doing, it's always in just being totally present. Whether you're understanding it or not, it's irrelevant. That's, that's mind chatter. You know, it's, and so it was really, it was a big, big, important lesson for me was it's in the listening. And uh, being a, a professional counselor, that was a big thing for me. So best advice is just to listen. How do I listen? Usually this is the one that people don't get is the worst advice you've ever gotten. <laughs> that's probably from myself <laughs> <laughs> oh let's see um worst advice i've ever gotten i don't know if i've ever gotten any i'm gonna say no advice is really worse because uh, you always learn something so um i can't i can't think of anything that was really really bad except probably in college you know let's go to happy hour kind of a thing <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> So I'm gonna have to pass on them. I can't say I've ever had any really bad, bad advice, you know, other than just to go do stupid things when you're a kid, you know. <laughs> you know? Yeah, we won't say firearms and uh, our pharmaceuticals were involved, so we won't go there. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely, I definitely keep out of them. Uh... Yeah, we won't go there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right uh guilty pleasure how would you reward yourself oh boy um i like to sit down just uh, on a hot day it's, i just like a nice cold beer it's one of my guilty pleasures i just like a nice cold beer and uh it tastes good going down that's one of my guilty pleasures yeah i mean i say like of course other than um doing that you know you kind of have to get away from um everything you know that you know you work very hard during the week you know you have to right. like spend that one day just like just crew, like taking a walk or going to yep. like traveling to places yeah yeah exactly exactly i mean i, I have my i have a daily routine of you know meditation and you know all these these healthy things and uh, you know a beer occasionally is just really a healthy thing to have I was at a Zen retreat again. I'll keep this really short, but it was, it was a couple of day retreat. So it's really intense meditation. And it was a hot July. I mean, it was really hot and on the plains of Nebraska. And, uh, and I was leaving the, the temple and my Zen teacher sitting out on the front porch. And as I walk out there, he pops open the tall, cold one, and starts drinking and goes, damn, I'm glad that's over. <laughs> yeah. uh. So I said, yeah, he's a good Zen teacher. I, 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 he's, he's really good. So he'd zing me with those once in a while. <laughs> All right. If you were in the movie, uh, what kind of movie would you be in? Oh, boy. Well, obviously, it's got to be a martial arts movie with a deep message. You know, like a, uh, uh, a David Carradine type movie, uh, Bruce Lee mm -hmm. type movie. Something that has a deep message. Yes. 
Yeah, so yeah, that was what I was thinking. Either it's gotta be like a kung fu type uh, movie, like mm-hmm. uh, David Carradine, and of course yeah. Bruce Lee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are just those are the guys I grew up on, you know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, secret talent. Secret talent. Oh wow! I don't know if I tell it, it wouldn't be a secret anymore. Um, I don't know. I guess maybe I already said the secret is I don't really tell too many. I mean, my ace baths, I like those. I mean, that, that test takes courage, but um, there aren't too many secrets. I mean, I just. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I wish I had a better answer. I'm sorry. I'm so, so, sort of a dud on that one. I don't really have a lot of secrets. Well, kind of seeing like how you'd be like a poet and you've got all these um, um yeah, I just do. Or this, all these quotes. Uh, yeah, I could say. You're hitting, you could be like a preacher or something, like really. I could see that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I actually have two poetry books out. Um, one is on Bushido, and then one's uh, 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 Black Coffee and uh, Burnt Toast. So it's awkward poetry of a, of a lost monk. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I guess it's part of it is just writing poetry. You know, I, I read a lot of bad poetry. So you got to spread a lot of manure to get a rose. So yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, uh, dream celebrity encounter. Ooh, I guess that would really it would have to be. Um, hmm, so, so many of them. Probably, I would like to say uh, Morahe Oshiba of Aikido, founder of Aikido. He and I would like to sit down and just have a long conversation with. Yeah. I'm reading some of his books now, the, more of the philosophical, the deeper spiritual foundations of Aikido. And um, yeah, I'd love to sit down with him. Yeah, so really it could be like anybody, like anybody, like somebody, an author. So that's yeah. very good. Yeah, so. yeah. All right. So here's the last one. Um, 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. Who I want to be or what? I just want oh, to be like, like- <laughs> yes, yeah. So really, if you if you were alive in ten years, how how would you see yourself like from there? Hopefully, hopefully it'd be mellower, and um, you know, be um, uh, hopefully a bit um, maybe more awake um, if there's a, such a thing. But again, just to, it's to be to continue this journey. I mean, it's just a, to me, it's just the everydayness of just being uh, practicing the peace that I've, I've practiced over the years, the Zen meditation. Uh, practicing my arts, the qigong, and I don't see myself changing as much as as much as um, hopefully have a clearer vision uh, of what this life is all about, and hopefully to continue to provide inspiration to people to keep practicing the arts, you know, especially into your seventies, and that it's possible, you know, because that by that time I've been doing the arts a long time by then. Yeah. So that's about it. Otherwise, my, my uh, you know, Zen is pretty boring until it's not. You know, so I'll just uh, keep on practicing. All right. All right. So before we kind of close out, uh, is there any last minute warm words or wisdom that you like to tell the listeners out there? Well, just to keep practicing. Just, can you, as you say, just keep this uh, that attitude of gratitude going. And that's rather cliche, but it's so important. Uh, gratitude is extremely phenomenal upon your journey. Uh, you, especially when you get injured, continue to be gratitude, continue to train, even though you're injured, but in a smart way, you can't practice, you show up to the dojo. 
just keep showing up. That's the most important thing. Where you know, even if you just have to watch by the sidelines, leaning on some crutches, show up at the dojo. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. So, thank you very much for joining me um, on this um, show, um, David. So, definitely, hopefully, thank you. So, hopefully, you're doing well. Of course, um, I don't know what the weather is in Washington. I don't know if it's just sunny or raining. So, yeah, it's a rainy day. This will be in the 80s today, so it'll be okay. Yeah, of course, I'm here in the hundreds. So, I mean, it's. Okay, so I'm gonna do my little closing to the show. So uh, for those who are just tuning, so for those who are just tuning into this um, episode, make sure you tune into my previous episodes on the BICBPRadio.com, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And yet, I'll see you next time for another episode here at the Kickpod Podcast. And yet, next episode will be 103. And yet, it is up and counting. So yet, I'll see you next time here at the Kickpod. And this is yours host, T.J. Williams bowing you out.